Welcome, this is the Change Creator Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast show. This is your host, Adam Force. Uh, we took a week off last week. Things got a little bit crazy. This happens every so often, but we're not going anywhere, so we're back now. And um, we have our next episode, which is a very special one. But if you missed the last episode we put out, it's with Jeff Cook. And there is so much good information in there. He has sold multiple businesses. He runs multiple businesses. His second, first business was for several million dollars out of college. His second business was my book and it was sold for over a hundred million dollars and now he's really big in the app space so he shares a lot of good insights about winning in the app space and it is no easy task but he's had a lot of good success so you can hear what he's up to some of the strategies that are working for him so if you have an app you're looking for business and sales strategies this is a guy to listen to so go back and check out that episode and for this episode, we have somebody very special, a long-awaited interview for Change Creator because we're all about social impact business and he is the godfather and founder of the one-for-one social impact business model and he's the founder of Tom's. His name is Blake Mikoski. So we're super excited to have Blake. This guy is just a really cool guy, full of wisdom and experience to, to share. Uh, we, this was actually a video interview we did and he was down in Mexico and uh, man, we had a great conversation and he talks about the future of what he's got going on is his life is in a different place now and shares a lot of these experiences from Tom's that will help your businesses. So you're going to want to listen into this interview. The video sound bites are going to be shared on our Facebook page. So guys, if you're not following us, make sure you go to Facebook, follow us on Facebook. You get those uh, video clips of that conversation with Blake. Now, in addition to the interview, he is the feature cover story for our latest edition of Change Creator Magazine, issue number 28, which was just released on June 15th. Um, wow, such an incredible story. The uh, writer, uh, Kirsten, did an amazing job. She is just a artist with words. And so it's, it's, it's just packed with insights and it's a beautiful read. So I hope you guys take the time to check that out. In that edition, in that same magazine, we talked to... Jesse Honard and Maria Parks. She, um, they both are founders of a company called North Star Messaging, and they're focused on copywriting and, and storytelling. And so they were actually expert contributors to our Captivate program, where we teach storytelling for marketing and selling, right? So this is a powerful, powerful tool, and it takes a lot of time to master. And these are two experts that share their insights. Uh, so they have a lot to, to uh, talk about on building trust and getting yourself out there and making these sales by the power of storytelling. So um, not to be missed. All right, guys, we did an interview with them too. So they're, they're on the podcast. So you can check that out. Um, let's dive into this conversation with Blake and see what he has to say. I think you guys are going to be super inspired. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Blake, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. I'm down in Mexico with my family, and uh, it's a beautiful day, and uh, it's nice to actually get out of the sun for a few minutes and chat with you guys. Nice. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, and I'm sure everybody listening is excited about it as well. We kind of gave some notice to people, and we were like, what would you ask Blake? So we got all these questions coming in. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hanging out in Miami, so we got some sunshine over here, too, and I can't wait. This is my last meeting of the day, and we are going to go, and uh, my wife and I are going to go have some drinks and relax. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so listen, I, I want to hear just a little bit about what's going on and today. Um, like, 
what's going on in your world? What are you passionate about? Let's, let's just hear what the latest and greatest is. You know, I, I am um, frankly most passionate about right now is raising my family and getting time to explore some things that, uh, that maybe uh, I haven't because I've been so busy, you know, the past 13 years building yeah. and, and running Tom's. And um, so, you know, I mean, I've been really doing a lot of reading about different people who've had spiritual awakenings and how so many of those experiences are very similar around the world. So whether you had something through a near-death experience or through a religious experience or through a yoga experience or a meditation experience, what's fascinating to me is that all over the world, all different cultures, everyone describes this, these experiences very similar. Yeah. And I'm, it's kind of got me interested in kind of, you know, the different potential realities that we actually live in. And, uh, and so I'm trying to you know, use this time I have now to explore some of those things while also, you know, really focusing on, you know, my kids and enjoying this time with them. Um, and yeah, it's, so it's, uh, it's a different stage of life for me. I mean, I yeah. started my first company when I was 19 years old and I'm 42 now. And so kind of did that for 20 plus years and I'm going to spend probably the next 20 going a little bit, uh, you know, deeper on, on focusing on, you know, non quote work stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, and it's such an important factor for your happiness, right? It's kind of like you got you to gotta put time into family and taking care of yourself. Um, and I see so many people, especially in our audience, they're so stressed out and working hard to build their businesses, which I get. It takes a lot of hard work. Um, and they forget to take care of themselves, whether it's go out for a run, meditate. Are you, are you doing things like yoga and meditation and stuff like that now? Yeah, I'm trying to, I've been experimenting with TM meditation, um, mantra based, uh, trying to do it at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. Um, I find that it is a really great way to start the day um, before, you know, whatever's thrown at you is thrown at you. Um, and yeah, I, I, I try to do something physical every day, you know, whether it's surfing or working out or doing a yoga, I feel like, you know, at least once a day, really moving the body, really breaking a sweat. Uh, is really important, not just for my physical self, but my but my mind as well. Um, so yeah, I think you know, I think there's there's a, there's a few hacks that um, that really um, can make a huge difference. And actually, I spent the last year and a half working on a program that I've developed with a friend of mine who's a uh, he was a Navy SEAL for nine years, wow. yeah. and we actually are. We launched it last week, actually. It's in beta now. It's called Made For. And the idea is that we believe that we're all made for more. And so we take members through a 10-month journey of really learning how to adopt the practices that the highest achievers and kind of people who are most flourishing are doing every day. But instead of doing it with any form of technology, it's completely analog. So you get a box in the, in the um, mail each month. And, and that's how you engage with all the material and it's all science-based. And, and we have our first 200 members going through the beta right now. And we're, we have it opened up on the website's getmadefor.com and you can go on and read about it um, and understand some of the scientists involved. Uh, and then our next class will start on July 1st. So if anyone wants to be in the beta class, uh, the next class will be July 1st. But it really is a compilation of everything that I've been kind of working on and learning about since 
since I haven't had a day-to-day role at Tom's. Yeah, no, I mean, that's amazing. And I like that you're helping people um, go through that experience because it's just, it's so important. And, you know, you, you look at the day and you have how many hours a day that you're awake and doing things. And you look at how much of that time is dedicated to work. But the most important thing is like your mind and, you know, your family. And you spend these little fractions of time with those most important pieces of your of your life, right? <laughs> Um, so listen, I, I love to just hear a little bit. One of the funniest things is, you know, I, I did read your book a ways back and it's something that always stuck with me was when you started kind of realizing that Tom's was taking off. Right. And it's kind of like you, you had other businesses and I, I just recall this, I guess you were in Argentina or something and they're like, they had a traditional shoe and you're like, well, we gotta, we gotta try these other patterns and designs because you know, that's, what's going to appeal in the U S and then you found out that later that actually no, all the original colors and designs were what <laughs> would actually work the best in the U S uh, it was pretty funny, but I um, would love to know just, you know, when did you realize Tom's was different than any other business? Um, and how did you start dealing with that process? Well, I think what was interesting is, you know, about a month after we started, there was an article that came out in the LA Times. And in one small little article, we had something like 1,200 orders in one day. And it was like, what? Like, I mean, we were hoping to sell, you know, a thousand pairs of shoes a year. And <laughs> yeah. so in one, one article. And so that just made me realize how different of an idea this was and how this idea of giving and not just being a for-profit business that's only focused on profit is something that I think our zeitgeist was really desiring. And this is 2006, right? Yeah. So um, this is, you know, kind of at the height of some of the corporate greed and then a lot of the, you know, yeah. the, the, the fallout that came out of that in the United States in 2007, 2008. And so I think people were just, whether I reckon, I didn't, I think, I don't know if I recognized it or I just got lucky or what, but, you know, when, when you have such a visceral response to so many people, you know, wanting to order something online, um, just because of one article with, you know, no other reference points, no famous people and nothing, um, then, then I think that's when I realized, oh, wow, this is, this is something that really connects with people. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one of the things you talk about too is just that story, the story that kind of was the foundation of like why you're actually doing this and um, you know what it was all about. Um, I'd like to just hear from you a little bit about that because that's really important to, I think, businesses moving forward, right? As, as we have more and more impact businesses and people have these purposes. Um, can you talk a little bit about your thoughts about how important storytelling is to the growth of a company? I think it's it's vital, um, but the most important thing is that the story is authentic. You know, since I wrote the book, I've thought a lot about some of the stuff I talk about story in the book, and I recognize that a lot of people kind of make shit up, you know, especially in business, you know. And so, unfortunately, I think what's happened is we've gone from advertising, basically making shit up, to now people making stories. Up, so they realize stories are more powerful than advertising, and so, uh, you know, I'm I'm a little bit like I'm glad that I wrote what I wrote, and I'm glad that I shared, but I think that it has been misinterpreted some, and that people just make up any story because they look at it as marketing. So really, the yeah. finer point is, if you have an authentic story, 
and a real reason for being and doing what you do, like we did in the early days of Tom's, and you're not trying to use the story to sell more shit, but actually use the story to engage people in an authentic way, I think it can be really powerful. And I think in this day and age, people can see through bullshit so easily. And so if your story is not really, really authentic and your purpose is not really core to who you are and how you live your life outside of your business, then uh, I think people will discover that and it will actually have a negative detriment. So I always say people like, you have a really, really incredible, authentic story that you can back up at every touch point in your organization, lead with it. If not, lead with your product and your product attributes and, and what makes your product you know useful to someone. Yeah, no, I mean, oh my God, I love, I love hearing you say that and it's so true. I mean, people, they have their uh, red flags flying up left and right. They know what to look for. There's even data, like they know even advertising, they will ignore, they know where all the ads go. They know the, the car salesman pitch. And as soon as that comes up, I mean, they're out of there. And today we have so many options. We don't, they don't have to stick around to see, um, you know, and buy your product, right? So they can go elsewhere and you lose them. And I think the most difficult thing about it is you're never, it's going to be almost impossible to earn their trust back once you damage that trust, right? So, and that creates a digital conversation about you, which is, you know, just going to hurt you even more, right? So, um, yeah, I, 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 so I guess as you guys started progressing, I mean, here you are, you're growing this company and there has to be a lot of pressure. Um, I'd like to get a little bit into the evolution of Tom's, um, and how you dealt with it. Cause as you get bigger dollars in the door, now you're making millions of dollars and there's more people involved that have a stake in the company. Um, were there any real crossroads for you on how to start, you know, dealing with certain things, making certain decisions, like stresses and pressures that you had to deal with? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think every day, I mean, I had no investors. And so every single dollar was like a personal check, right? So when we were betting on a new shoe or a new factory or, or hiring a high level expensive person, this was all just personal money for me. So the, the, I basically, everything was on the line every single day for eight years until I sold half the company. Um, and so I think that's a great way to run a business. Cause I think if it's your money, you're going to be more conscious about how you spend it and, yeah how you use it. Um, and you're also going to focus on profitability a lot more than companies that are just thinking about growth and metrics that really maybe help you raise more money, but don't really build a great business. Um, so, so I felt the pressure every day. I mean, and not just the pressure of my own money being the only money in it, but also the pressure of as we started to get more celebrated in the media and as people started to say, well, this is a totally different way of doing business. I also felt the pressure that we needed to succeed so that other companies would do business like this too. Yeah. Because if we did, then more people would incorporate giving and then more impact would happen and more, you know, the difference would be made through business. So the pressure was society pressure. Uh, it was financial pressure. Um, and then, and then of course there's, you know, just um, businesses are really just a collection of people trying to achieve a, a shared goal. Yeah. And and so you're dealing with the pressure of people changing and evolving and growing and needing more. And, yeah. you know, it's a, at the end of the day, it's, 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 uh, it's a complicated thing. And, and, and I feel like, you know, I did it you know, for eight years on my own. I mean, in terms of being the only owner. Uh, and, and that's ultimately why I sold half the business. I mean, people ask me all the time, they're like, 
you know, why did you sell half? Why didn't you sell all of it? Why did why did you sell any? I was like, well, you know, I just was lonely. You know, I was dealing with all the pressure myself. The business had gotten, you know, big. I mean, we were, you know, up to about 400 million in sales. Um, you know, 500 employees around the world. And at the end of the day, I was the only guy. There was no board. There was no other one else. It was like me. And so bringing in a partner, but still retaining 50%, still being the chairman of the board, um, you know, hiring a CEO was a way for me to relieve the pressure. And then ultimately it helped me see the path forward that, you know, business and Tom's and entrepreneurship is a part of my life. Um, but it's not my whole identity. And there's other interests that I have, like helping people thrive through positive habit, you know, um, you know, kind of understanding positive habits and being in nature and really, you know, having a spirit of gratitude every day. Like these things I think are, can have as much impact on humanity as anything I've done. And yeah. so that's what's allowed me to kind of put my energy in other things and just the traditional business aspect. Yeah, I, and I love hearing that too because, I mean, getting out in nature and doing those things, it's a whole other dynamic that allows you to start respecting, you know, the world that you're actually part of, right? So, you know, we, my wife and I go out to Costa Rica all the time. Uh, we love it out there. That was our initially our escape because we were living in New York and Philadelphia, high, high pace. And, um, man, we fell in love with it out there and had a whole new respect for the outdoors we started backpacking in places like the Grand Canyon and it just changes the way you look at the world and you realize how sensitive everything is. And so every decision you make really does matter, right? So you look at all these businesses that are, you know, traditionally, you know, doing more harm than good because they're being short-sighted. So when you see a company like Tom's growing and succeeding, it's a real inspiration for a lot of other companies to do the same thing, which kind of leads me to my next thought, which is, um, you know, as, as if you were, I guess I wanted to ask you actually about your thoughts on the evolution of business, meaning things are changing quite a bit. We had the, the adoption of the internet, which, you know, now you can, um, have different dynamics with the people that are your customers and all that kind of stuff. But there seems to be this, this transformation as we lean more into the normalization of business as social business, right? Impact business. Um, do you see that kind of transformation and what do you see as the evolution moving forward from here? Any trends that you've picked up on for business? I think one, one of them is, is that I don't think you can build a successful business without considering all the stakeholders and a big stakeholder is the planet uh, and a big stakeholder is people. Um, and so I don't think every business has to have a quote giving component, but I do think every business needs to go to answer the question. What is your purpose? What harm are you doing? What what are you improving in the world to its customers? I think that this is just something that more and more customers are demanding businesses to answer. And if businesses don't have good answers or they're trying to cover something up, um, like we said already, that, that often gets discovered on the Internet. So um, I think the biggest evolution is there's more transparency, whether you like it or not, because of you know social media and flip phone or, or video phones and everything else. Um, and, and I think that also, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it, the world is all connected now, so you can build a business globally so much faster. Yeah. And I think you nailed it, that it's so connected. I mean, it's that transparency is going further and further around the world, which is kind of like 
making people take more notice, right? All of a sudden people are becoming more aware of all the, the issues and the things that are going on, which hopefully that inspires them to take some kind of action. Um, and I'm just curious if you were going to start Tom's today, would you do anything differently? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I don't think I would do anything differently. Um, I think I would just simply, um, I mean, I think one of the things that I might do differently is, is when we really started to grow, I think I would have, I would have been, um, a little bit more thoughtful about the hiring of executives from other companies, ah. because I think the problem with that is they bring the bad habits right. that they developed at those companies. And I think I would have tried to spend more time training younger people and people with less experience, but with really the right mindset versus trying to, you know, get all the experience that technically comes from, you know, working at companies of scale, because I think that that actually caused more pain and problems with our yeah. culture than, uh, than it did benefit. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point is that people bring their habits with them. And especially if they're older and more experienced, you're probably never going to break those habits. So you're kind of getting that baggage, right? Um, would you say the same applies for any employee that you're bringing up to help scale the business? Yeah, I would. So, so when you were starting to scale, you know, it sounded like, I mean, I believe you guys scaled up pretty fast. Um, how did you handle the growth? Cause you know, we have people in our audience, you know, they're in their, they're reaching their seven figures and multiple seven figures and it's a different dynamic, right? So how did you handle the hiring and getting people on board and making sure they were the right people? Was there any, do you have any like, you know, I guess insights or takeaways from that experience? I mean, I think the best thing to do in, in when you're hiring a lot of people is to have multiple people who are already in the company who really represent the culture interview them. So don't just let an HR director hire people because now you're going to have only one data set, one perspective as to whether this person's a good fit. Yeah. I think as the founder, you should try to interview as many people as you humanly can. Probably the most important role as a founder is actually HR. Um, because if your culture doesn't stay preserved, it's really hard to preserve all the magic that's happening that's creating growth. So, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but <laughs> I would say, you know, HR is definitely the most important role for a CEO or, or a founder. Wow, that's interesting. I actually wouldn't have thought that HR would be the most important, but I do um, hear, you know, a lot. And, you know, I worked at some bigger companies like WebMD and stuff like that back in my past life. And um, company culture, you know, I think is something that's really important. Would you agree that developing that culture and sustaining it um, is a key to, I guess, ongoing success? Yeah, I mean, it's vital. It's everything. Because if the culture is not healthy, then the business isn't healthy. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, now I'm not saying every culture has to be good. Like some cultures are just nasty. Like they're <laughs> nasty, cutthroat, they're Super, but that's but as long as it's clearly defined and you know when you're coming there, I'm going there because I'm a nasty, competitive, take no prisoners person, and I want to work at a company like that. Well, then great. But it's just not that it has to be kumbaya. It has to just be clear what it is. Clear and consistent. Yeah. So you could be the wolf on Wall Street, or you could be Tom's. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and there's no. 
you know, you know, there's no judgment either way. It's just when the companies get into trouble is when they're Toms, but then they have a couple Wolf on Wall Street people in Toms. And then that's sending mixed messages as to what the culture really is. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any mentors, people that you looked up to and admired that kind of helped give some guidance along the way? Yeah, I think I think I was lucky in that I had a few mentors in the physical realm that I knew and talked to and whatever. But I think probably the greatest mentors I had was actually in books and reading people's biographies. So eventually, I got to know Richard Branson um, through you know mutual friends and 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 success, I guess, or whatnot. But for many years, I didn't know Richard, but I read all of his books, and I felt like he was, in a sense, mentored me and taught me sure. through his books. Or same with Howard Schultz, or you know, Yvonne Chouinard, or you know, Anita Roddick, who started the Body Shop, or the founder of Mary Kay. Like I read all these books, and I felt like they mentored me, even though I didn't meet some of these people until later in life. Yeah. Um... That's a good point. And you know, you hear a lot of people, I, n- I never know when they say, this is my mentor, I got mentor. And I never know if it's from a book or they actually know the person, you know, because it is. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, frankly, I'm not going to name names, but I would say I enjoyed some, uh, some people's books much more than actually getting to know them. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, well, because, you know, they have such it's intimate thoughts, right? You're hearing everything they have and it's articulated in a really, really specific way that can resonate. And I read a lot of Richard's books and we worked with uh, Jean Alwang, who runs Virgin Unite. And we interviewed sure. her and Richard Branson as well. And we completely admire them. And I've, I've been reading his books ever since. And I think he's probably one of the most inspirational entrepreneurs that if I had to sit down and pick a dinner, it'd be guys like you and Richard and stuff like that, you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's it's interesting and, and there's a lot of powerful knowledge in those things. So I guess, you know, as you are moving forward, what now, right now you're, you're in Cabo, you're hanging out and are you kind of stepping back for a while? Um, I know you were doing some stuff around gun violence and things like that. Anything else happening with those things? Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting about our culture is, you know, you just said stepping back. Um, yeah. I would, I would argue that I'm stepping forward. Sure. Um, you know, as you know, I think that you know, there is there are phases in life, and if you look at life a little bit, almost like a video game, there's levels, right? <laughs> and and I'm not so sure that the top levels of the video game are 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 necessarily, you know success by the definition of financial success um, really important. And so, you know, I've had financial success. I've I've enjoyed a life as an entrepreneur, Um, but I don't know if I'm going to evolve if I just keep on starting businesses because all I'm going to do is just prove to myself in the world that I can do it again and again. And (laughs) so what does that really prove, you know? And so I actually feel like for me and, and, you know, and some, you know, that, it's actually stepping forward and it's actually a lot scarier because you don't, you look into the abyss, you don't know what you're going to see. Um, there are days where I've been reading or listening to, you know, teachers or, or going to a retreat that I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Like I didn't produce today. And our society wants production. I mean, it was all based on after the industrial revolution, even our education system is based on making people productive. But I'm not sure that that is the purpose of the human experience is to be productive. And so I, I think I'm stepping forward, not stepping back. I think that I have a foundation as an entrepreneur that might 
be in gifts as an entrepreneur that might be used in helping sharing more practices and ways for people to live their well-being. And that's why we create Made For. And, and that's why you know, I put a, you know, millions of dollars into developing this program because I want to help more people really live their best life. And I'm not so sure that that's just, you know, getting the raise or making a million dollars or whatever, like that's a component of it, but it's definitely not all of it. And every successful person I've met, they all say the same thing. And they say like, look, like you, you all need to kind of learn this yourself. You need to kind of climb the ladder per se. You need to work hard at something. You need to achieve something. But everyone says the same thing, and the success is ultimately somewhat empty. No matter if you do it, you know, in a somewhat honorable way, like I did with Tom's, or you do it in the Wolf of Wall Street way, it's the same thing. It's just the human condition needs far more than what our culture is asking, and our culture is really just asking that just to propel the economic system that we've been yeah. developed. So, so I, I, you know, I, I have no judgment of people who are at different stages of life because I was in that stage for many, many years. But I'm not in that stage anymore, and I'm pretty young to be at my stage. And so now I'm like, okay, maybe I have 40 more years of productive life. What can I help humanity with? And and that's what I'm really interested in. And so really I'm focusing all my attention on outside of my family and outside of is really like how do I really wake up um, and how do I really develop an awareness and acceptance of what's going on every day? in these moments and then how do I share that with the way that people can learn and adopt themselves and yeah. so it's uh it, it, it very much feels like starting a new business but it's like starting a new self yeah yeah it's true and I, I, I interviewed this woman by the name of uh, Laura Gastner and she is a big speaker and stuff and she said the my least favorite uh, four words are I'll be happy when right and yeah. it's because we're always waiting for that thing to make us happy and I I hear what you're saying and it makes me curious and this might be a cliche question, but I think it's an important one, which is, you know, obviously your definition of success has probably changed just in a quick nutshell. Like how do you define success today? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think today, um, I mean, I think before I defined success as most of the people who probably, um, you know, in the, in the media is like, Oh, you know, around finances or building something meaningful or helping people even. I mean, like, yeah, I think you can get lost in philanthropy and lost in doing good as a measure of success. And it is something that is worth dedicating time to, but I don't think it's really the definition of success. And I think a lot of people that do that are doing it because they have a deep, they have, they have, you know, deep pain or suffering themselves that they just would rather not deal with. So they just focus on other people's pain and suffering. I mean, that's an easy way to avoid yourself, right? Is to, yeah. so, so to answer your question, I mean, I think that, you know, success is really being connected to the present because it really is the only thing that we actually have. All the past are memories, all the future's projections. All I have is this moment. So if I'm gonna do this interview with you, I am 100% doing this interview with you. I'm not doing 20 other things. I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm going to go to lunch or I'm hungry or this or that. Like I'm just present with you. And if I do decide I don't want to do these interviews anymore, then that's okay too. But being authentic to how I'm giving my gifts and giving my time in the day 
is really important. And then once I decide something, really being present with it, you know, whether it's eating an orange and really enjoying that orange versus eating the orange and doing 20 other things, or it's going surfing or playing with my kids or doing some work. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's really about that, that attention and that awareness because that is ultimately, I think we're all designed to want to be quote happy. And the happiest people I've seen are the ones who are able to be in touch with the inevitable truth that all we have is this moment. And, and this moment is the entire existence. So, um, you can be in my community. Um, so that's, that's how I'm defining success these days is, is, and it's hard because even down here, it's like, I find myself waking up and playing the kids, but really thinking about going surfing when I'm done playing with the kids. You know, I might be doing this interview and have trouble like, thinking about, oh, I really want to go, you know, you know, call this other friend before lunch or, you know, I mean, it's just it's really hard to stay present. But I think every day and every minute that I somehow capture more presence um, and also that presence often comes with meaning and then desires to help people and to help, you know, really, you know, are birthed out of that. So. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I'm seeing it today. I love it, man. I think that that is awesome. And it's a, it's, we'll start wrapping up. I think it's a good end note. Um, and I don't know if you have anything different to say here, but I, I do like to ask this. And I, I kind of started asking it with Nasreen at this conference last year or last month. And it is, if you had the world's ear, which you kind of do, um, you know, what is the most important message that you would want to convey to people? Um, not just entrepreneurs, just people in general. And I think you're touching on all those things, but I'd love to just hear that sentiment. I think it would be a call to wake up. Um, I think that we spend most of our life completely uh, distracting ourselves and escaping ourselves. And ourselves are the most beautiful part of life. Um, and, And I think that work and hobbies and falling in love and having kids all are great parts of the human experience but they would all be so much more meaningful if you were fully present and awake to having the experience versus using those as distractions and 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 the distractions unfortunately allow us to not truly truly know our ultimate reality of what we really are. And I firmly believe that we are actually spiritual beings having a human experience. And we are here, you know, because there's something that we can learn. And if we don't really engage with everything and just distract ourselves, we might waste this this human experience um, and not get what we came to this planet to get and that's to learn. And whether we get to be, be reincarnated, I have no idea. Yeah. And get another shot at it. But I know that we have a shot right now. And I know that the because of the internet, because of video, because of people's desire to teach, you can learn anything you want to learn about yourself. And there's no special you know, experience you need to have. There's no level of success you need to have. There's no special, beautiful place you need to go to connect with yourself. It's available right now. But unfortunately, 99% of us are asleep. I mean, literally go through our whole life asleep. And so I would say is if you have an inclination, if you're hearing these words, like, man, I've been feeling this in my gut and feeling that I'm just using 
alcohol as a way to distract myself or numb myself, or I'm using, you know, binge watching Netflix as a way to distract myself, or I'm using my work and, or my importance or my success as a way to really keep myself from the scariest thing of all. And that is actually asking myself, who the fuck am I? Like, why am I here? What do I, what is my gift to give to the world? What is my human experience going to be like? And, and I think if more people wake up, then a lot of good things come from that. I think there's less harm done to the planet, to each other. I think we have you know, deeper relationships. I think we get in touch with the things that really give life life. Um, but it starts with ourselves and really a commitment and a realization that we are asleep. Yeah, no, I love I love your passion behind that. And um, I think it's an important, important message. And I'm so glad that you said it. And it reminded me of a, a quote. I, I think it was from an Alan Kardec book. He wrote it in the late 1800s called Book of Spirits that I read. I think you would freaking love it. You should check it out. Alan Kardec, a Brazilian friend gave that to me. Brazilians are very spiritual. And yeah. um, it said, you're not a, I think it was in the book, but it said, you're not a human on a spiritual journey. You're a, you're a spirit on a human journey, right? Um, so listen, we'll close up on those notes. I think that was powerful and exciting. And again, appreciate your time. Let's give one more shout out to your new um, uh, project that you're working on, that URL for people. Yeah, it's called uh, Made For. The website is getmadefor.com. Um, we take 200 people in a class. It's a 10-month program, and we're signing people up for the July class now. So I don't know when this is going to air, um, but but we're going to um, be doing it, you know, signing people up, and then once the class is closed, it's closed. Um, but it's, uh, you can get all the information. You can see what the experience is about, learn about it at getmadefor.com. Awesome, man. Yeah. You'll make it in time. I'm going to be airing around June 15th or so. So we should just, just make it there. Blake, you're a cool guy, man. Appreciate you taking the Thank time you. and everything you do. Take care. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. Change Creator.